Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Something else. Hello and welcome to Something Rhymes with Purple. And this is a really special edition for us because it is our 150th edition which is quite something Giles hello you um, asked me last week for the word for this didn't you I did what is I know that the 25th anniversary is a silver one and then you have a is it golden at 50 and diamond at 60 and the queen is having her platinum jubilee after 70 what would the 150th event be it is sesquicentennial So sesqui is S-E-S-Q-U-I and then centennial and sesqui means a half in addition. So it's like another half, um, if you like. Um, So something that is sesquihoral, do you remember I mentioned this as one of my trios, means lasting an hour and a half. So this is our sesquicentennial show. Well done, you. Well done, you. Well, (laughs) But most of all, well done, the purple people. Thank you. Maybe there should be, this should be called a purple anniversary. Like, a, you know, celebrate a with a purple idea. heart. Yeah. Are there gems that are purple in colour? There are. I think an amethyst is sort of purple, isn't it? Well, look, let's create this as an amethyst anniversary. Okay. Never mind platinum. It's amethyst dedicated to the purple people. That's lovely. And you remember where amethyst comes from? Nope. I don't know whether it actually is remotely pertinent to the purple people, but amethyst goes back to the Greek amethystos, which means not drunken because of the belief that if you pop one in your wine glass, you won't get intoxicated. I've tried it and can report that it doesn't work. Uh, But yes, let's call it the purple edition and the amethyst edition. I love that. That can be our celebratory stone. It is. And I'm celebrating something to do with words and language this week, picking up on things in the newspaper. We heard the other day that there's a plan to cut down on the number of announcements on public transport, particularly on the the trains. Yes. And I rather like that. It becomes insufferable to me. They never seem to stop. It depends on the train you're on, of course. But they love to, maybe they seem to like the sound of their own voices. And just as you're beginning to concentrate on some work or snooze, there's somebody telling you that the coffee shop has opened or the train is running late. or uh, Obviously, some information you do need to know. But my real hope is that we're going to lose the five most ghastly words in the English language, as far as I'm concerned. Say it. Sorted. Sorted. Exactly. I know. And it sounds like sorted, sorted. And I think of this every time. See it, say it, sorted. That's what they should say. What does it mean? (laughs) It's ridiculous. See it, say it, sorted. I mean, honestly. Well, no, it means if you see something suspicious and then you tell somebody about it, it's sorted. That's what it means. Do you think it is? I mean, honestly. 
Is that what it... I've been wondering for years what it meant. But the thing I is, it's stuck in your mind, so it's clearly worked. Well, it does. You know, it, it's an earworm, isn't it? It is an earworm, and I don't want to hear any more of it. So those are the words, the five words I would like to see banned. Understood. Do you know where tannoy comes from, incidentally? No. Tell me. It's a contraction of tantalum alloy. So tantalum being a, a mineral. And tantalum alloy is used as a rectifier in that kind of speaking system. And a rectifier is a device that converts, I've had to look this up, an alternating current into a direct one by allowing a current to flow through it in one direction only. So that's your physics lessons for the day. But uh, yeah, tantalum alloy became tannoy. Tantalum alloy. Yes. And it's a contraction of that. Yes. Tannoy. Well, let's get off the train and onto the road because boom, boom, we <laughs> thought we'd hit the high road for our 150th and um, talk about roads and words to do with Roads. Where does the word road come from for a start? It's a really interesting one in that it's got lots of siblings that you wouldn't necessarily uh, put together. But road actually is a sibling of road as in R-O-D-E and riding out because, of course, oh. a lot of journeys originally were made on horseback. Um, so if you think of a journey that goes back to the French journée, meaning a day, and the journey was originally a sort of day's length of riding out on horseback, it's also road related to raid because a a lot of these journeys were actually made as sort of militant attacks against other people. So, yeah, so it's got lo it's an interesting family, that one, but that's where it comes from. Very old word. So we've hit the road. There's the motorway, the highway. What's the difference between a road and a street and a... Um, there's so many words for roads, aren't there? I know. I think I think we could actually spend probably far too long going on to yeah, because I think so so many of these words are just used interchangeably now, aren't they? Whether it's a not a motorway, obviously that's got a very specific meaning, but we're talking about roads and streets, etc. I think it's to do with size and quite similar to towns and cities. But I can tell you where pavement comes from, because that's quite yes. nice. That goes back to the Roman pavimentum, which meant a trodden down floor. Um, and it comes from pavere, which of course gave us paving, um, etc. as well. And it's to beat or tread down. So it's all about footfall, um, a pavement. And do you love going, I mean, you've got an electric car now, so I imagine that journeys are actually luxury for you. Are they lovely? No, it's a nightmare. Oh. We Because we have what's known as a range fear. The electric oh, car spent yes, most of its life sitting in the garage because uh, uh, it can go, I think, something like 320 miles. But my wife particularly is apprehensive that we're going to get into it, we're going to get lost, we're not going to get back. It does, in fact, tell you. The, it's a, you know, it's got a sort of computer screen that tells you where the nearest charging point is. But So we've got range fear. Also, it's a bit disconcerting. It seems to drive itself. It comes out of the garage on its own. You then get into it and you sit behind the wheel, but it corrects your driving. You're driving along and it thinks you're going too near the side. It jump, it pushes, you know, oh, it's, it's all right. It's a bit frightening, to be honest. So it's either silent, which is a bit eerie, or it's making these corrective sounds as it moves you from one side of the road to the other. I can't say I am loving it. And it's actually making me go far more often by train. So maybe it's doing the right thing. It's driving me more onto public transport. Yeah, that is a good thing. You're avoiding the tarmac. Ah, where does tarmac come from? Tarmac, uh, well, it's tar, the substance that we know is tar. And then the Mac bit, as most people will know, it began as Tar Macadam because it was named after John Macadam. And he was a surveyor who um, was the first to advocate using this material. And I love the word tar, well, I hate tar itself, but I love the word tar because actually originally it was mostly distilled from wood. And so we think it's a, um, a relative of the word tree. 
just as true it also comes from tree which i love um but that's another story i love these words that owe their origin to people there's a word for it that isn't there eponyms yeah eponyms and i know we did a a program about them once upon a time a podcast but we we should do another because there's so many of them i'm thinking of being on the road when i was a child we used to call um at a zebra crossing we used to call the lights at a zebra crossing belisha beacons I don't know what they're called now. Those those lights that are black and white stripes with an orange thing on the top that flashes. I think they are still called Belisha beacons, aren't they? And, and they were named after Leslie Belisha, who was a... Leslie Hoare Belisha. Hoare Belisha. He was a, a politician, wasn't surname. he? And I think he was the transport minister in the okay. 1930s when they were introduced. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yes, lots of eponyms, you're right. Well, I'm going to move on to cat's eyes, just because, you know, when they say, if you could have invented one thing, looking back, if you could claim one thing as your invention, what would it be? It would have to be cat's eyes because A, there are so many of them that you'd probably make a fortune, but also, I mean, how brilliant and just how simple an idea, so simply ingenious, really. Another reason why I love it is because there is a word in English for shining like the eyes of a cat, not just the ones on the road, but the eyes of a real cat. Um, And that is chatoyant which is just beautiful, chatoyant from French, obviously. Um, We brought it into English. So glistening like the eyes of a cat. I mean, do we actually use that word in the English language? It sounds totally French. It's in the dictionary, Chatoyant. Chatoyant. Chatoyant means your eyes are gleaming. Like a cat's eyes. Like a cat's eyes, which is just beautiful. Um, this is Speaking of pronunciation, because I very much doubt that now that it is in English, if it catches on, we will probably mangle it. So it's a little bit easier for our um, English-speaking tongue. But for you, is it garage or garage? Garage. Yeah. Definitely. As in garage music. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did used to call it garage music and got laughed out of town for that one. Genuinely, I I referred to garage music and have never quite lived it down. But um, yeah, I I was taught garage as well. But it's it's very much a regional thing, isn't it? Maybe maybe a sort of I don't know. Is it still a class thing? I don't know if it's still in the you non. I don't know. It's I assume it's a French word, garage. It is. It comes from the French garé, meaning to shelter. So it's somebody where you would shelter your car. (laughs) As and I suppose automobile comes from the French auto, as they call it. Auto. Ultimately from Latin. So mobile ah. gave us mob as well. And then auto, meaning, you know, automatic. So yes, automobile. And oh my goodness, I mean, there's so many words. You've got trunk roads and artery roads. We should go through some of those. But first of all, do you like service stations? I love a service station. <laughs> okay. I spend most of my life, I often tweet pictures of me sitting at a service station. And they all now are exactly the same. I, know. So I don't know whether where I am, whether I'm near Manchester or yeah. near Oxford. Oxford Services is one that I'm often in. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a favourite one. They all sort of merge. One I used to love, The Little Chef. Which are not on on motorways; they were off sort of A roads. I but remember I those. I think they've gone. I used to love a little chef. I breakfast. know there are some little chefs still around, but this was um, when I was growing up. If we were ever lucky enough to go out for dinner on a Saturday night when when I was little, it would be to the little chef, <laughs> and uh, that was that was the height of sophistication. And um, yeah, I just remember the pancakes, the pancake stack. It was just unbeatable, really. Um, well, my favourite service station has to be Gloucester, and I think I'm not alone. I think Gloucester Service Station was voted the top in the country because it's all to do with being sustainable and it's delicious at the same time. So it all comes, it's like a big farm shop. Um, It's no more expensive, I don't think, than any other service station. Let's face it, they are mostly exorbitant. And it's just gorgeous. It's just got a lovely feel to it. How long has the word 
service station been around? Is it an American expression? Yes, 1910 is the first record of it in the New York Times. um, And it says the Anderson Carriage Company, maker of the Detroit Electric, has opened a showroom and service stations. I don't think it means quite the same as the one that we think today, but that was the first mention that we have of something to do with cars and stopping in that way. They are some people absolutely, in fact, I have to say, I think that Lawrence, our brilliant producer, has a secret thing for service stations. One day we'll have to ask him why, but I'm guessing he's been to quite a few. Um, should we go through some of the expressions that have roads in them? Please and, do. Um, well, also to just talk about things like trunk roads and arteries, because those are all quite interesting in themselves, I think. Forgive me. First, what's interesting on a motorway and a highway? I think there's going to be a lot of international stuff here. We're going to have purple people from, as it were, yeah. across the pond who are going to say a lot of this language to do with cars, we're not getting it. I suspect a motorway is the British thing and the highway is the American equivalent. It is, but of course we used to have highways here as well. In British English, the King's or the Queen's Highway was the public road network and that was regarded as being under royal protection. So the first highway was actually a specific road regarded as belonging to the monarch, which is quite interesting. And then it became in the 13th century, a public road. So it was the principal road that formed the usual almost direct route between one town or city and another. Uh, yeah. So we, we had that for quite a long time. Give me the trunk road. Anything to do with elephants and their trunks? Well, yes, because oh. trunk comes from the Latin truncus, which meant the main stem of a tree. That's why we have tree trunks. And oh. then it, terrible pun, coming but it branched out in lots of Mm -hmm. different directions so the meaning of that main stem gives us the human body the trunk of the human body and others with that idea of a central connection such as the trunk road and the chest or box you know if you've got a, a trunk or a chest that arose because early trunks were made out of tree trunks so trunk road is kind of the main stem, I suppose, and an artery is an important route in a system of roads, so not too dissimilar. And that goes back to a Greek word meaning to raise, because arteries were thought by the ancient Greeks and ancient medics to be air ducts, and they found that they didn't contain blood after death. And so they thought that they contained this kind of ethereal fluid, and so it's they were kind of elevated or, or raised or sort of loftier than anything else. Mm, I like that. Mm. I remember Spaghetti Junction. I'm not sure that it exists in the same way. It it does. I think it does. I mean, I think it was applied to any really complex, wiggly, multi-level road junction. And it particularly is the one near the M6 for us in Britain, isn't it, near Birmingham? But yeah, because it looks like spaghetti and junction itself goes back to the Latin jungere or jungere, J-U-N-G-E-R-E, meaning to join. Well, look. All roads lead to Rome. Let's now go into the phrases yeah. that, as it were, the highway has given us. Give us give us some of them and their origins if you can. Okay, well, all roads lead to Rome, I think, goes back to a French text from the 12th century, but it was based on, on Latin as well. And it was just because obviously Rome was so important. So it was seen as the sort of main destination uh, for things. So you will find that going back to, you know, very, I mean, it's there in Chaucer and it's there in a lot of Latin texts before then as well. Get the show on the road. Um, that's a very show busy thing, isn't it? That's American, as you might expect, um, 1940s. And does that date, is that a circus expression originally, when the the circus comes to town and you would... Quite possibly. So the first reference is, um, that, w- that we have so far is from the Daily Texan, um, which is the newspaper from the 1940s. Let's put the show on the road, Sugarpuss. We're going to a rat race. Oh, goodness. Where else do we get hi- the highway robbery? Well, that's highwaymen, I assume, who would stop you on the highway 
wearing masks, riding horses, your money or your life. And do you remember that there was a code? It was obviously really, really dark. And there was a code amongst highwaymen that if they met somebody who was a fellow highwayman, in other words, you know, I'm one of I'm one of you, don't try and hold me up. Their code phrase or one of them was the music's paid. Really obscure. But the music's paid meant I'm one of you. Leave me alone. Oh, I'm going to start using that in a sort of everyday way. When you meet somebody who's actually an ally and they may not realise it, you just sidle up to them and you say, the music's paid. The music's paid. It's brilliant. Right. Do you have any good why did the chicken cross the road jokes, by the way? No. Do you? Not really, no. The one that I used to tell the kids, which is really awful, is uh, why did the chicken cross the road? And it was bok, 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 traffic. In other words, Block for block. It just, it doesn't really work. They didn't get it either. (laughs) Why did the rubber chicken cross the road? Tell me. To stretch its legs. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) We ought to have a break. And then I want to, I want to tell you what your CB handle might be, because I think we ought to talk a little bit about brilliant truckers. Please, we must do that. Hit the road, Jack. I mean, hit the road, Susie. It's time for our break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When we left you, I mentioned the phrase, hit the road, Jack. Susie, do you know the origin of that? That's that brilliant song, isn't it? Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back. No more, no more, no more. I think it was written by someone called Percy Mayfield, but it was made popular a little bit later by, uh, was it Ray Charles? Oh, it's the song. I mean, I assumed the phrase was existing already and it was picked up and used in the song. It's the song that made the phrase famous. I think so, yeah. And it just basically means go away. Um, <laughs> and it's like my way or the highway as well, isn't it? That's another one. That's like There is no alternative apart from leaving. If you don't accept my things, you can go. Um, my way or the highway. I quite like that one too. Um, but I promised to look at trucker lingo because I, I studied this a little bit thanks to some fantastic correspondents on there who I found on Twitter actually and the lingo that they have. And, you know, I, I kind of rather romantically thought that they still spoke on their CB radios and they would all have their handles and it would be smoky this and smoky that. And there is a little bit of that left, but actually they're mostly on their mobile phones these days, obviously hands-free. But there's a fantastic website where you can actually find out what your own CB handle would be. So basically you take the initial for your your first name and your surname and then they will tell you what it might be. Shall I tell you? Okay, tell me. Godfather Blackbeard. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Godfather so the Blackbeard. G gives you Godfather, yes. and then the brand just gives you Blackbeard. My one is Switchblade Dart. 
mean, not sure about that one. I think we'll go with no, The Godfather. They're both extraordinary. Does all that still go on, CB Radio? I mean, I felt that was a thing from the 70s. Yeah, no, I think it is. There's not too much there, but they do still have, you know, lots of fantastic slang words. So I mentioned Smokey. So Smokey on rubber is um, a, a police vehicle. A Smokey with ears is police who can tune into your CB radio if it exists. And oh, there's okay, lots of others. They call the AA men or women Yellow Eric's. I think they need to come up with yellow ericas as well there, actually. And they just, I mean, they have they have loads. Do you remember they used to be the CB radio truckers would be called the Friends of Charlie Brown? And they'd say, you know, keep the shiny side up and the greasy side down or <laughs> keep your nose between the ditches and smoke you out of your britches. <laughs> Catch you on the flip, which is see you on the way back. Rojo, which was OK. And then, uh, oh, my goodness, they've just they've got absolutely loads. And I really I delighted, I have to say, in, in kind of finding out some of these because they were really fun. You'll be pleased to know that one of my grandchildren has just come in and put a piece of paper in front of me on which I read the following. Why did the chicken cross the playground to get to the other slide? Oh, I love that. And there's another one that he's given me. Why did the chewing gum cross the road? It was stuck to the chicken's foot. (laughs) Oh, and he's got one more here. Okay. Why did the whale cross the ocean to get to the other tide? Ooh, this is quite clever. He and his brother, they're very, very clever. And their dad has now come in with one. He is very clever indeed. Uh, This is a mathematical version. Why did the chicken cross the Mobius strip to get to the same side? Isn't that clever? That's very complex. That is so clever. That's very sophisticated. Well, I mean, my my son is a lawyer, so that that explains it. So I think we've we've just had a really sort of whistle-stop tour of roads. We should return to them sometime. Can I just ask, before we leave the roads, you were giving us there the sort of trucker, lorry driver lingo. Where's the origin of lorry and truck? And is one an American word and another a British word? Truck yeah. is American, lorry is British. Yeah, so um, the truck takes its name from the Latin, trocus. So again, we need to go back to the Romans. So this was a Roman wheel or actually a hoop that was used as a either as a toy or in athletics, you know, much as you might have um, a hula hoop these days. It was, it was quite a serious thing. And then it evolved to mean a, a wooden wheel or a roller. And then it came to something that moved on wheels. And I think the first record of the modern version is from Canada. And it reports on an iron shod war horse that has evolved into the motor car, motor truck, and motorcycle of 1916. So uh, that's where truck comes from. And I don't think that the Americans have lorries. Um, but that one, actually, we're not completely sure where it comes from, except perhaps a dialect word meaning to pull or drag, which would make it quite similar to tractor, which, if you remember, goes back to the Latin trahere to pull behind. So that's first mentioned in 1838 whereas as truck is, is much, much older. Are you a good driver? Um, I'm a very good driver on the motorways because I have driven so many motorways over the years and eaten up so many miles. So I, I'm, I think I'm really safe on the motorways. The one thing I don't enjoy is narrow A or B roads at night. Not very good with those at nighttime because I get I find the the glare of the lights, no matter which glasses or which, you know which glass are in my glasses, I find that really hard. How about you? Oh, I can't bear driving at night now. Mm. It's too terrifying. I used to drive a lot 
at night, coming back from gigs and things, doing, you know, after dinner speaking or award ceremonies. I mean, I don't anymore. I now stay at the hotel and come back the next day. Or I come back by train, which I much, I had a sort of Damascene moment. Ah, Damascene moment, the road to Damascus. The road to Damascus, yeah. Um, That's to do with St. Paul, isn't it? It's a story from the Bible. St. Paul has his conversion on the road to Damascus. And... Saul, wasn't it? Saul of Tarsus, who was known as Paul. Yeah, so he was converted to Christianity, wasn't he? Well, he was on his way to persecute Christians, wasn't he? And then he had his his conversion. So yeah, that's in the Act of the Apostles. Yeah. I mean, roads just pop up everywhere. Well, that's good. Mm. And if you're an international person and you think, oh my gosh, they only talked about British things, do feel free to put us on the right track. <laughs> hey, direct <laughs> us to a different road. Uh, send us up the highway where you want us to be by contacting us. It's purple at something else dot com, something without a G. People have been in touch. Susie, who have we heard from this week? We have heard from Jenny Oakes. Hi, love the podcast. Any thoughts on the word carnation? With incarnate, carnal, etc., having logical connections, why is carnation only a flower? Thank you. Jenny Oakes. Bye-bye. Oh, that's an interesting question, isn't it, Susie? Mm. Of course, you say it's only a flower, but uh, as I recall, in Oslo, all the Volvos uh, are rose-coloured. That's because Sweden is a pink carnation. Ah. <laughs> Forgive me, that's because my grandson is here feeding me these jokes. Uh, <laughs> give a proper answer to that. The word carnation, what is its okay. root and why hasn't it gone further? Okay, well, its root, and this explains all of those relatives um, that Jenny mentions there, is the Latin carne, meaning flesh. So uh, we have carnivorous, somebody who eats flesh or meat. We have carnage, which usually means, unfortunately, a lot of dead flesh around. Carnal knowledge, a knowledge of of the flesh. We also have carnival, which is the saying goodbye to meat uh, for a little while when you um, when you fast, because the carnivals were normally on Mardi Gras. So the link here with the carnation is that carnation itself was originally used to refer to a colour, and it was certain tints of human flesh. So you will find references to carnation the colour in lots of beautiful, beautiful paintings and, and um, you know, wonderful old art, for example. And then because the carnations were often flesh-coloured, so they took on the name. And of course, there are all sorts of different colours today, but they are linked. It was all to do with the flesh colour of the original flowers. Mm, I like it. Hmm. Very good. Who else have we heard from? Uh, well, we have a question from Graham Holtham. Hello, Susie and Giles. Hope you're well. This is Graham from County Durham, but I was born and raised in Jarrow, South Tyneside, where it was common to refer to an apple core as a gawk. Don't leave your gawk lying there, would my dad would often say. Now, my wife is from no more than 20 miles away in County Durham, and when I moved here, neither she nor her family had ever heard the word. The same goes for my work colleagues. Only those from Tyneside specifically have ever heard the term. Any ideas where the word comes from, and is it unusual that a word should appear to be unique to a particularly small part of a relatively small region? Thank you very much. I'd be very interested to hear your reply. Thank you, Giles and Susie. 
Mm. Well, that's a great question. And Graham introduced me to this as well, because I had never heard of gout being applied to an apple core. Uh, so I looked it up in my dialect dictionaries and it says, unfortunately, Graham, it says origin unknown. So we don't quite know how it came about. And I'm going to tell you about a different kind of gout in a minute, but I would just answer your question as to whether it's unusual to have a word that's so localised. And the answer is no, because they estimate that actually British dialect changes within sometimes as as little as 30 miles. So you will find different vocabulary, different sort of accent shifts as well within 30 miles, sometimes even less, uh, which is extraordinary. And um, so not at all unusual. I think it's fantastic that it's still surviving and uh, keep using it. And hopefully it will survive for a lot, lot longer. But I mentioned the other gauk and the one that I know, and that is for, again, a dialect word meaning a cuckoo believe it or not. So you would have, for example, an April Fool in some places is an April Gauk, um, particularly in Northern English and Scottish English. And it was also used for an awkward or foolish person because a cuckoo has actually got a really bad reputation, unfortunately. It comes from the Old Norse for a cuckoo, but the cuckoo itself gave us cuckold from the idea of going into someone else's nest and setting up home there. But it also, as I say, gave us um, lots of slang terms for a fool or somebody who is a gull, somebody who is, you know, easily duped. So the poor cuckoo does not also give us um, going cuckoo, in other words, going slightly mad in the olden days. And again, the sort of the idea of being, I think it's to do with its call is so repetitive and so simple that perhaps the bird is simple minded and hence it was used for a fool. And that also gave us being kooky. So um, lots of different ones there, but gauk definitely I'm aware of to mean a cuckoo, but not an apple core. So thank you for introducing me to that one. Mm. It's amazing. Uh, can I also say how I really adored Graham's voice and his accent? Yeah. Fantastic. Mm. Now, Susie, I hope you've got this is our 150th episode, which means you've shared with us 450 unusual and interesting words. I hope the next three are going to be even more extraordinary for us. I don't know about extraordinary, but I do love them. I thought today, first of all, because we've been talking about roads and highways and byways, this one might be pertinent and it's hodophile. H-O-D-O-P-H-I-L-E. Now, you know that a file means a lover and the Greek hodos could mean a journey. So it's basically a lover of roads, somebody who loves going on a journey, really. So a hodophile. Mm. I quite like that one. And also, if you are a hodophile, then you like nothing more than gadwadicking. Gadwadic. <laughs> Such a brilliant word, meaning to go on a jaunt. So it's G-A-D. And, you know, it just gives us the idea of somebody who just gads about. G-A-D and then W-A-D-D-I-C-K. Gadwadic, to go on a jaunt. And then finally, a French one, which I'm pinching. You won't find it yet in the English language, but I've talked once before about the beautiful word retrouvaille. And the retrouvaille is the joy of being reunited with somebody you haven't seen for a long time. And this is an offshoot of that. And it's simply trouvaille without the r at the front. And a trouvaille is something lovely found by chance. And I think if you go off on your roads and on your travels, then may you find many trouvailles along the way. Mm, I love it. So those are my three, which I hope other people enjoy as much as I do. I just relish those three. Jazz, do you have a poem for us? I do have a poem, and I'd wanted to come up with a poem that included an amethyst, but I couldn't find the right poem. So I, was, I, I found a poem that has the word diamond in it, because this isn't our diamond jubilee. It's two diamonds, and then whatever is 30 years, which I don't quite know what that is. That's pearl, maybe. We must do a whole episode on those anniversaries and why they're called what they are. So much to look forward to. Anyway, this is a poem 
by Sarah Teasdale, and it's simply called Morning Song. A diamond of a morning waked me an hour too soon. Dawn had taken in the stars and left the faint white moon. Oh, white moon, you are lonely. It is the same with me. But we have the world to roam over. Only the lonely are free. Oh, wow. That's very deep. I thought it was quite a thought-provoking poem, actually, Mm. because we have such a variety of people listening to us all over the world and all sorts of people. Some people who may be living alone, some people who may live with great groups of people. I know a lot of people listen to this podcast while walking the dog or jogging. Anyway, wherever you are, thank you for, you know, listening to Something Rhymes With Purple. It's been great fun being with you for 150 episodes. Here's to the next 150. I agree. Thank you so much for keeping us company. And if you have loved the show, please continue to follow us and um, recommend us to your friends. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Musical, you know, wherever people get their podcasts. And please do recommend us to friends and also get in touch because that's the most important bit. We absolutely love hearing from you. Um, You can email purple at somethingelse.com. Something Rhymes with Purple is a Something Else production. It was produced by Lawrence Bassett and Harriet Wells with additional production from Chris Skinner, Jen Mystery, Jay Beale, and oh, there's somebody else, isn't there? Oh, goodness gracious me. He's off on a gadwaddick. Is he? It's yeah. Gully. Gully the gadwaddicker. It's <laughs> At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.